Hi again, everybody. I'm Eric Fletcher. Welcome into another episode of Chasing Better Conversations, where we begin with this idea that consequential change often begins with the best conversations we are able to muster. In order to dive a bit deeper, I get to sit down for discussions with some friends, some colleagues, and a healthy dose of brand new acquaintances along the way. Today's conversation is with Jason Daly of Anchored Leadership. For over a decade, Jason has coached more than 5,000 clients on becoming more engaging and impactful leaders for their organizations, their families, and their communities. As a licensed speech pathologist and a certified executive coach, Jason's unique skill set and background has made it possible for him to help executives in companies like Nokia, ESPN, Adidas, and Disney, just to name a few. Enjoy my conversation with Jason Daly. Jason, it's great to have you in today. I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation for some time, and uh, I think uh, everyone who's listening will benefit from your chops. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Great to be with you. Always look forward to a conversation with you. Thanks for having me. As we heard in, in the intro, you're, you're a leadership executive coach. How do you phrase that exactly? For, is it yeah. executive leadership oh, or? Yeah, I just, I say I'm an executive coach working with corporate yep. leaders and that tends to get some clarity around that conversation. In thinking back, your path to get to where you are today, have there been one or two conversations, because that, that's sort of where we begin, uh, conversations that were pivotal in directing you or in you winding up where you are today? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And, you know, in coaching and working with my clients, I, I call those crucible moments, not, not mm. my original term, but I call those crucible moments. Yeah. And th- there are certainly more than one or two of those. Um, but there are, there are two very clear ones that came, that, that came to mind as I was thinking about our, our chat today. Um, one of the, and I assume you want me to elaborate on those. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah what made them yeah. pivotal? Man, well, <clears throat> one was with one of my still best friends. His name's Peter. And uh, he's one of the, what I would say, one of five or six guys in my life that I just lean on heavily for, for wisdom, encouragement, accountability. And uh, I can tell you, it was 2008. I was working as a speech language pathologist. That's my background is in healthcare. And uh, I was working in the greater Philadelphia area. And I was at this incredible crossroads of my life and my career, which was, at least in my mind, double down, put down some serious roots in a city that I'd never lived in before until moving there for for work, Um, or take the opportunity to actually do travel work as a speech pathologist, which what that essentially is, like travel nursing, is you move around the country every three to six months to go to facilities uh, hospitals and healthcare facilities that have a dire need for staffing. And um, I remember my, my friend at the time, you know, we, this was not the first and only conversation we'd had about this, but in a very direct way, he basically, uh, I'll paraphrase, but he basically said, how will you know if you're even testing your faith, if you don't give it a chance uh, to make the wrong decision here? <laughs> You know, and uh, 
I just remember in that moment being like, it is, it feels like it's risky for me to, to move away from this city that I'd called home for two years, this community that I'd been investing in, right? I was a mm-hmm. part of a church there. Um, I'm a person of faith. So that was very important. And yet I traveled light. I was single, not married, no kids. And uh, I decided the worst thing that could happen is if this fails is I move back to Pennsylvania and that's where I end up <laughs> living. Right. And so isn't it true that we, 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 at least I do. And a lot of my clients do, we have this great ability to uh, make a mountain out of molehills and we fear the, the unknown and we lose the perspective that, uh, you know, it might not be as risky as it seems. And that's been a theme in my life. So that's the one conversation I would highlight. I don't know how soon thereafter, but I decided to do the travel therapy gig and packed my car. And that set me on about a two and a half to three year initial journey that took me all over the continental U.S. And I got to live near some of my closest friends while seeing some awesome, awesome places and, you know, making money to boot. Yeah. There's got to be a book in that, right? Yeah, you know, I all haven't the, thought, all, all the places, all the stories. Yeah, I haven't thought a whole lot about that book. Maybe it's a chapter inside of a bigger book that I might write someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So what what then led you from speech pathology, pathology inside a healthcare uh, environment to the executive coaching arena? Hmm. Yeah, um well, when people ask me that, people ask me this all the time, especially speech pathologists sure. or people who want mm-hmm. to become coaches. And I tell them that, you know, I allowed my curiosity to serve me. And that's exactly what was happening for me in that season of life. So about probably a year and a half or two years after I made that move uh, to go do travel therapy, I started just assessing the world of healthcare more deeply. And I started thinking mm-hmm. about, okay, I know that I don't want to be a clinical speech pathologist for my entire career. What would leadership inside of healthcare look like if I wanted to pursue that track? I I feel like I've got a a lot of characteristics that lend themselves to being a leader of people um, directly and indirectly. And so here's the thing, Eric. I started noticing and observing that many of the leaders that I worked for did not enjoy, did not seemingly enjoy being leaders. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. so I quickly uh, started m- figuring out how I, I was going to make an exit from healthcare and, 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 and being a leader in healthcare, just like kind of vertically going up my, my profession. And so I started to ask and j- again, just get curious, what are all of my options given the background that I have? And um, I had this strange limiting belief in my mind at the time, too, that I would never jump careers and professions until I paid off all of the loans that I had accrued during my time in graduate school to become a speech pathologist. What a strange, right? What a strange prison to build for myself. So uh, all that to say, I decided it's not going to be healthcare. But there's this really interesting gap between or bridge between healthcare speech pathology and something called corporate speech pathology. And that is you basically take your communication science background and training and you bring it over into the business world. And so over the course of a year, curiosity served me. I had another incredible conversation with 
um, a woman that in some ways became my mentor. And uh, she worked for a boutique consulting firm helping executives around the world develop their executive presence and their ability to communicate uh, with more impact and with better messaging. And so uh, probably over the course of the year, I applied for the job, didn't get it, too young, too inexperienced, stayed in contact, stayed persistent, stayed curious. About a year later, inquired again, and uh, they had an opening. And so I basically went from wearing scrubs, helping people with swallowing disorders, with cognitive disorders, and with language impairments, to uh, putting on a suit and working with financial leaders, working with leaders from Fortune 500 companies, um, overcome some similar challenges, which was, how do I use words to move people? How do I make my needs known? And how do I actually create a connection with people in the way that I communicate with them? And so, uh, Cherry did the scrubs for the suit and, uh, uh, you know, a stethoscope for, I don't know, a clicker, I guess you might say. <laughs> yeah. Or, or your own ears. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Once I learned your background in speech, speech pathology, I was curious how you made that leap. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know that part of the uh, thesis here is I, I, I just believe culture, it, the fabric of culture really is um, it's made up of conversations. Mm-hmm. As you work with leaders, what are the, are there one or two conversations that uh, you think are kind of foundational in terms of beginning to build the right kind of culture, have the right kind of conversations. What's that? Does that conjure a response for you? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. It does. You know, part of the, maybe the the link to that I missed out that I left out on the previous story is after, uh, after I did some consulting airplane other, every other week, and you and I've talked about that lifestyle, uh, I made the transfer over into actually, ironically enough, working again for a healthcare organization, but in leadership development. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I actually moved from doing very specific coaching around communication skills to now moving into the leadership development space. Mm-hmm. And a part of that, and this links back to your answer, a part of that was out of a desire that I had that came from a conversation I had with myself. And that's really where I think, as cliche as this might sound, that I think every single leader has to actually start with. Now, now, whether they start with that or they come back to that and go, oh, I actually never stopped to consider what I wanted. I never stopped to consider who I am and what makes me who I am and how I lead. And so um, I wanted to do more and more of that work. And that's what led me into the work I'm now doing for myself. As a, you know, as a solopreneur. And so, yeah, the, the conversation that conjures up for me is, um, is for every single leader, whether they've, whether they're in the C-suite and they've been there for 25 years, or if they're a new manager, and I think the new managers have an advantage, frankly, because it's a different day and age, but that conversation, I believe has to always start with, okay, uh, what are, what are my values? And there's a quote that um, I will often share with my, with my clients. It comes from one of my mentors. Who you are is how you lead. Mm-hmm. Who you are is how you lead. Yep. Yep. And so one of the answers might be, well, how do I want to lead? 
But the first question I would recommend is, who am I? And what am I about? And, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago, maybe even 10 or 15 years ago, leaders got a free pass at that if they were low EQ, if they weren't very self-aware. <laughs> but now it's table stakes. I mean, the, 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 yeah. the entry, in, there's plenty of leaders out there who probably lack that. But I'm only interested really in working with the leaders who are coachable enough and motivated enough to say, I need help articulating who I am and understanding what's going to help me and what's going to hinder me when I lead others and I lead my organization. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the conversation with yourself. The honesty with yourself defines uh, the, how you lead and the kinds of conversations you instigate. That's great. That's a, I'm going to steal that probably, Jason. Yeah, you should. And I want to put a caveat out there too, in case I share this with my, you know, and I will with my friends um, and family, I guess. Uh, I'm having that conversation constantly with myself. I mean, I tell people this all the time, just because I wear the coaching hat uh, does not mean I've got it all figured out. I mean, it's been, I'm in a, I'm in a season of personal change, like major personal change, loss, deaths in the family, um, you know, sick family members. And that's a part of what I have to keep coming back to is how am I doing? Like, how am I responding to this? Is that, you know, the agitation I just displayed toward my kids? Is that actually because I'm agitated with my kids? Or is that because all of my stress or my anxiety or my worry is is spilling out and it's right, I'm becoming leaky toward some of the key relationships in my life. And and so, right, like personally or professionally, I I, I just I'm always committed to that work, even if it's not fun. Because it's not always fun, I can say. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah, it's definitely not fun for sure. But it's necessary, yeah. I think. It, it it is critical. Well, that that leads to uh, the, the the flip side of the question is one or two or three conversations that you continually run into in your work that if you could wave a magic wand, you would love to see stop taking place. What conversation mm. should we quit having? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I am a whole person coach, I actually think, I don't know if it needs to be stopped, but I think we'd all do well to uh, have some caution around this question. How do I do more? How do huh. I do more? Explain. Yeah. Um I I run into I encounter a lot of leaders who are high potential leaders. They're rock stars. And so they're not coming to me to be coached because they have something broken that they need to have fixed. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, what I say to them is you have and you know this orientation, you have the answers within you. My job as coach is to listen, observe, challenge and ask questions. And so when someone says, I just don't know how to do more at work so that I can fill in the blank, get the promotion or do more yeah. at work so I can get the raise or do more at work so I can reach that level I've always wanted to reach. And so oftentimes I will encounter leaders who, when they can get honest enough, they'll say, I'm afraid that I'm going to work to do more only to regret making it to wherever I thought I wanted to be. And so, you know, again, it's this nod really toward let's talk about maybe how you're more efficient or how you get more impact or more return on your time 
if you are a leader of people, it's not about just kicking everything down or over to cross-functional partners or to your team, but it really is about asking yourself, how might I do this more effectively? You know, and so I think yeah. about like reach and expanding your impact rather than increasing your output. Yeah. One of the things I work with some of the uh, clients I have on is this idea that you you don't have to be um, successful as defined by someone else in order to be a whole person. That you don't have to, and sometimes as leaders, we 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 forget that. That escapes mm. us. We do think person personhood is connected to doing more, uh being successful, achieving certain uh benchmarks, whatever. I, I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like uh Thank you. Yeah, I encourage leaders to, I mean, heartily consider what are your career aspirations. And and like, but really, like, truthfully, can you be honest about that? Um, And getting them to, it's like, step out of the fray a bit to to take a good hard look and and really to bring some honesty about what that is. And, you know, um, in my last job in corporate before I left and started my own shop here, uh, I had one of my teammates, they kind of jokingly said, wow, Daly, my last name, right? Daly's got it figured out. Daly could probably be a level or two above where he is, but he's got a lot of time freedom and autonomy and he gets to do a lot of the fun stuff. Well, that was intentional. It wasn't like I just felt like I lucked out <laughs> of doing that. I was really intentional about working hard in, this is a medical term, but it's like working at the top of my license, which meant what are the mm. gifts that I feel like God has given me that I have developed that would be the highest and best use for the organization? And not that I got to avoid the TDM or the things I didn't like doing, but you better believe that I knew where my sweet spot was and I worked really hard to stay in that sweet spot. And I had the best leaders I've ever worked for uh, heartily encourage that. So we're going to, we're going to steal a little bit of a little bit of your time here. Yeah, I mean you're you're on our podcast, right? Yeah, coach us. <laughs> take mm. take uh, take two or three minutes and coach us. Uh, how do we have those honest conversations with ourselves? What would you What would you say to me? Yeah. Okay. I'd probably lead you through maybe three or four, I'd say keystone questions about this. Great. Do it. And I think the first one would be this is like when it comes to being honest with yourself, right? And when it comes to like understanding what's most important for you, what challenge are you facing with regard to that? Is there a specific challenge that you could bring up that you could identify related to that change? Okay. That would be the first one. Right. And everybody's different. So it'd become a very fluid conversation as, as you know, you dive in with everybody. But for those of you who are following along, think about that. And I would actually encourage you go back, re-listen to this and write out these questions and journal about it. So what's the challenge? Like, in other words, what's getting in the way um, of you having that honest conversation with yourself? Yeah. Okay. That's the first thing. For instance, when I became an entrepreneur, when I left to go out on my own, I thought it was about not knowing how to provide healthcare benefits for my family of five, including a child with special needs. That wasn't what it was about. Uh, Luckily, I was surrounded by other coaches. And, you know, one of my, my bosses, who was also a coach, she said, 
what's the real what's the real challenge here, Jason? And I'm like, well, it's about benefits. And she's like, I'm calling BS on that. Just let's assume I'm calling BS on that. What's the real, real challenge here? And I was like, I don't know what I would do if I could not swing it and actually make a living that would support my family. Uh, yeah. Right. So like the question is what took me down a, down a, a hallway that had a lot of open doors that allowed me to explore. So that I yeah. think is, is one of the keystone questions to start with. What's the real challenge here? And by the way, if anybody's readers, Michael Bungay's Stanier, the coaching habit is one of the best reads ever for people leaders who are trying to develop coaching skills. It's just yeah, good so stuff. clear. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's a flavor of his yeah. first question. What's the challenge here? Second question. Uh, classic, right? It's like, well, what have you tried so far? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what have you tried, right? What have you experimented with? What have you explored with? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Um, and then maybe there's like an addendum to that question, which is, and would you consider your effort qualifying you as having really tried? You know, like, look, again, it's about honesty with yourself. Do I have to be, an- I have to be honest with that answers? I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, no. well, and by the way, course. and if you're not, and if you're not, the beautiful thing about that is, is if you're not is, well, what's it about? So, so maybe the challenge isn't really what we're talking about. Sure. Maybe the challenge is about self-deception <laughs> if you're not honest with you. Right. So now it's, now it gets pretty meta here. Like how many, what does lying to yourself get you, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and now you may really be getting, I mean, you've gone from, from, preaching the meddling a bit, I think, but that, I think that, uh, for, I'll, I'll be transparent for me, that, that is a, that, that's a real question. And for a lot of leaders that I get a chance to work with, I think that's, uh, that, that, that's right under the surface. It's, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what those else? are the saboteurs, right? Those are the saboteurs oh, yeah. that if we, yeah. right, if we don't pay attention to, right, we see the check engine light on, but it's, it's like really, it's like what's really causing that check engine light. Yeah. So yeah. then I think the next one, which is really a motivational question is, is okay. Um, no restrictions at all. How would you like this situation to be? <laughs> you know, so if it's, whether it's about being honest with yourself or if it's about career aspirations or, you know, when I'm working with a people leader, it might be that they're having a conflict with one of their peers because <laughs> this is true. Um, this is a real story. Someone's ha- someone's team is the they're the star of the show, so they're bringing in more revenue than any other team or cross functional partner, and yet they seem to be, according to this leader, the most heavily scrutinized team in the organization. Yeah. And this leader that I'm coaching, they are, they're carrying the load for their peer. At least that's their story. And so if I don't, if I don't help this leader move from, here's the challenge to what have you tried to this, how do you want it to be? And again, let's practice honesty with that. How do you really, really want this scenario or this situation to be? If I can't help get that leader to that place, then it just turns into a gripe session instead of, um, you know, it's like if only that other person would change instead of, well, what's within my span of control here. Yeah. So I think that's a really powerful one to have. The more we can just challenge ourselves, am I having the right conversation here? Am I having, or is there a better conversation to be had? 
to, is there a more honest conversation uh, sometimes? That, that's terrific stuff. Okay. I like to do uh, a bit of a lightning round if you're up for that. Yeah, let's so, do it. So quickies here. Okay. If you could have a conversation with tonight around the dinner table with one or two or three people living or dead, any walk of life, what would make a great conversation around your dinner table tonight? Ooh. Who would you like to have ooh, it with? Ooh, ooh. Super good. I love this. This is rich. Uh, okay. First one is, first one would be my, my grandfather on my mother's side. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's passed. We lost him in 2015 and uh, he's the best storyteller. Talk about conversations. He is, he was the best storyteller I have ever, ever encountered in my life. And so he'd be, he'd be there no problem. And he'd be rehashing the same stories over and over, but I'd be as <laughs> enamored course. on the 55th iteration as I was on the first iteration for yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah. grandpa, for sure, he'd be there. Um, you know, I told you I'm a person of faith. I, I don't know if I'd put all these people together at the same dinner table. We'll see, but maybe, uh, maybe the apostle Peter, the apostle Peter, um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, here's how I characterize him in my, you know, in my amateur theological knowledge. The Apostle Peter just sort of he got in his own way a lot. He, you know, he kind of he let his temper get the best of him. He he was pretty impulsive, you might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, after all, he is the the dude who stepped out of the boat to walk on water. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And then he did it. Yeah. And then he started losing faith and he started sinking. Right. So I can relate to Peter a lot. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in this season of my life, I can just I can relate to Peter. So um, he'd be the third or second, third. Oh, Man, I don't know if I if I had a third, who would probably, that be? Yeah, there I don't doesn't know. have I think to be a third. Yeah, those two would probably hog enough of the airtime along with myself to uh, to to be a good one for sure. Let's go to 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 books for a second. The last book you read that you unconditionally recommend? Yeah, just finished it. Uh, who not how? By uh, Dan Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, great book. Yeah, so for yeah. sure, it's challenging me in a lot of ways. Yeah, what uh, is the one question you would ask? You would suggest every leader ask their close team, their leadership team. The one question as we stare down the barrel of a of a brand new year. What what would, mm. should we be asking? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I almost squeeze two in there on you, Eric. First one okay. is is um, yeah, okay. The first one would be what will make you and this team come to life in twenty twenty four? What will make you okay. and this team come to life in twenty twenty four? And then two would be as a leader, if I were the leader, you're gonna want to know how clear the mission is to the team. So I would ask them, how where is it that you think this team is headed? that we've agreed to prior to this meeting in the year ahead. So in other words, it's like find some way to check how well people understand and how well in sync the entire team is on what the, either the primary goals are or the key mission is for the team in the year ahead. And you got to know what's going to make them come to life because people who are disengaged are just going to be a drain on productivity. 
and yeah. impact, more importantly. Yeah. Okay, final one in the uh, lightning round. What are the two most important characteristics of a quality conversation in your view? Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to want to squeeze in three, so that's okay. Yeah, if I do. <laughs> well, I think curiosity for sure. Curiosity, yeah. 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 curiosity drives, right, very much from me trying to relate to your story to instead trying to extract more information about your story or your challenge or the mm-hmm. thing that you want to tell me. So I think curiosity for sure. Um, Great one. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, um, and I wish I had this mastered. I don't. I'd give myself a D plus on it. Um, suspending judgment. Oh, yeah, it's that's like a great one. the yeah. ability to to the ability to withhold from drawing conclusions and letting our own stories, right? Like our own, whether it's head trash or the narratives that we make up or the conclusions we draw actually impede the ability to have that connection with somebody, whether it's a, a, you know, a, 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 a conversation with conflict or just getting to know somebody. The desire to learn to gain insight hmm. and to suspend needing to be understood. Uh, it's, so it's, it's tough, tough to pull off, but uh, it is. It is. And I think tough to pull off consistently and across all relationships in our lives. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I find some leaders, and even myself, I do a better job of that at work. I get paid to do mm-hmm. that than I do yep. at home, and I'm trying to teach. Air quotes is what I'm doing for those of you listening. Uh, teach <laughs> my nine, three, or two year old something, and well, that's yeah. the expert. I know all the things. So yeah. 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 It's convicting. Yeah. yeah. There there you went to meddling again. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit about about uh anchor leadership and what you do specifically. Give us a two minute commercial on who you work with, who you want to work with, what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Well, so the thing about the the leaders in the world is that many leaders have a lot of gifts and talents within them, and yet they might not know how to cultivate those talents. And so um, Anchored Leadership very much works with individuals and teams who are good leaders, but maybe they want to go to great. Um, Mm. Maybe they're great leaders, but they're just going through a season where they're sort of dipping in their ability to have empathy, have confidence, have the ability to, to lead others effectively. So anger leadership, I work with the people who are coachable, um, mostly in a corporate setting, large corporate enterprise clients, Fortune 500 clients. And I teach and coach uh, workshops on communication skills, what you say, messaging, how you say it, active listening. So anything around the domain of communication. And then typically what that will lead to or even fall out from is um, other workshops that I do around emotional intelligence. I use the Enneagram as the primary tool for self-awareness and development of emotional intelligence. And then that will often either lead to or fall out of working with individual leaders one-on-one, six to 12 months at a time to develop any kind of growth goals that they have that tend to be more personal than professional, but certainly affect the professional. And so I've yeah. been doing that for full-time 
since uh, April of 2022, but full and part-time since 2018. And I love the work that I get to do. It's just so many incredible humans out there in the world. It's fun helping them get ahead. Yep. <laughs> um, I've worked with some leaders from ESPN. Um, yep. mm-hmm. ESPN's on, on the roster of clients, 47 brand, which they're based out of Boston. Really cool brand. Go buy yourself a dad hat if you haven't. There you go, 47. <laughs> I got you. Uh, a couple really cool startups that I, I can't mention them, but some startups in the, sure. in the retail space, but also in the automotive space. And yeah, it's just, it's fun to, it's fun to, um, it's fun to kind of become a fan of your clients, right? And the companies you get to work with. And that's very Absolutely. much true for me. Yeah. Anchoredleadership.com. That's anchor ED. And mostly I'm hanging out these days on LinkedIn. So some videos, um, try to keep my posts helpful and engaging, not a sales pitch. And uh, I anticipate that there are a few things coming in 2024 with the help of some of my who, not how. So some of my marketing experts, um, maybe a podcast, certainly uh, a video course, and maybe even a book, as we alluded to earlier. So I'll keep everybody updated on LinkedIn there. I'm on Instagram, but not a heavy user of it, although that might change too this year. Yeah, great. And I've enjoyed the conversation thoroughly, and uh, I would welcome the chance to do it again if you're up for it i'm always up for it eric and i'm looking forward to hosting you whenever i get my stuff together enough to have Mm -hmm. you have you come over here on this podcast be be terrific okay jason daly thanks very much for the conversation today and um we will do it again that sounds great eric it was my pleasure thank you very much encourage you to check Jason out at anchoredleadership.com and on LinkedIn. My takeaways today, boy, that conversation we have with ourselves that may be where real progress begins. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Chasing Better Conversations. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with others that you think might also enjoy it. And if you're inclined, I'd appreciate rating and reviewing the show as well, wherever you get your podcast information. Until next time, here is to better conversations. Better Conversations.